they shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. So good morning everybody and welcome to this, our special Remembrance Sunday service here at Essex Church where this community known as Kensington Unitarians meets each Sunday for worship. As Unitarians we do not have one message to proclaim on a day such as this. Some people here are pacifists and view war as a crime against our very humanity Some people may consider war a sometimes terrible necessity. Our lives, just like the lives of all human beings, will have been touched by war in different ways. For war is an uncomfortable reality for us all. We listened to words by Lawrence Binion after lighting the chalice, which spoke of the soldiers who have died. So may this, our living flame, symbol of our worldwide liberal religious faith, burn brightly today to commemorate all those people whose lives have been blighted by warfare the world over, not least of whom the civilians. May this, our sacred flame, burn brightly today as we remember, honour and reflect. The the stories that we heard earlier on of the warrior's arrows and the sword of peace express our human yearning for peace. I don't know if you've ever spoken with young children and tried to explain war to them. They tend to go for simple and to the point solutions. Tell them to stop it. Or get their mums to sort it out. Well, at least the children I know come up with these kinds of answers. But none of the children I know have lived through a war. When I looked on the UNICEF website this week to check some statistics, I couldn't help noticing the photos of children the almost blank stare, that wide-eyed look that children take on when they see or experience things that no child should have to see or, or witness or take part in. The unspoken question shouts out from photos like those. And that's the question, why? Why do we humans yearn for peace and yet continually resort to warfare as a way to solve our problems? Why do we continue such behaviour when any rational view would be that war is a complete waste of our precious and finite resources and not least a waste of the exceptionally precious resource called life? Isn't it ironic to think that David Cameron, our Prime Minister, has just got back from a trade tour of the Middle East where he was accompanied by representatives of six arms manufacturers. And today he's been laying a wreath at the Cenotaph, commemorating those whose lives were sacrificed in times of war, lest we forget. And let's not think that it's just the coalition government that seeks lucrative arms deals abroad. Our previous Labour government, every government, 
been just as prepared to sell weapons to dictators. I know when I look round a congregation like ours that there are brave souls here who would describe themselves as pacifists, whose convictions that war is wrong would be strong enough to keep them standing against the views of the majority if, heaven forbid, a war should ever come close to our shores. But I suspect that most of us have really quite ambivalent thoughts and feelings. We struggle with those old concepts of a a just war, aware of issues and behaviours that we feel we might just have to stand up against. And this ambivalence shows up on days like today, Remembrance Sunday. Should we wear these red poppies or maybe poppies of another colour, white to represent that pacifist view, or a blue poppy in memory of all the animals that lost their lives through war? Is such a day merely glorifying warfare, we perhaps ask ourselves. I came to visit this congregation 14 years ago today when our Lester was your minister and he was leading the Remembrance Sunday service that day. And afterwards we had one of those deep and challenging conversations that art specialises in about our human need for rituals such as this the wearing of poppies, the laying of wreaths. And that very word, ritual, it's an interesting and deep word, I think. It's full of meaning. And our lives are full of repeated behaviours. But for something to be truly a ritual, it needs to be filled with meaning and to have space for the holy, for the sacred. Listen to this description of ritual, which is from Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love book that was so popular a while back. A part of it is on the front of your order of service sheet. This, she says, is what rituals are for. We do spiritual ceremonies as human beings in order to create a safe resting place for our most complicated feelings of joy or trauma so that we don't have to haul those feelings around with us forever weighing us down. We all need such places of ritual safekeeping. And I do believe, she says, that if your culture or tradition doesn't have the specific ritual that you're craving, then you're absolutely permitted to make up a ceremony of your own devising, fixing your own broken down emotional systems with the do-it-yourself resourcefulness of a generous plumber stroke poet. Words from Elizabeth Gilbert, and I think she speaks to us Unitarians. We, we do think that individuals have a right to create rituals that have meaning for them. And when I consider the, the ritual of, of Remembrance Day, I think that one of the complex feelings it contains, for me anyway, I don't know about you, is shame. Aren't we humans ashamed of our warlike nature? Aren't we ashamed of our inability to sort problems out without resorting to bloodshed? Aren't we ashamed that we can't share the world's resources out just a bit more fairly? Aren't we ashamed that we can't live peaceably alongside one another when we choose to live by such different ideologies? So such a day 
provides a containment for an emotion like shame and other emotions too. It perhaps helps us deal with the uncomfortable awareness that others have died in order to secure the freedoms we completely take for granted most of the time. That many of us are unbelievably fortunate compared with the vast majority of human beings who have ever lived or are alive today. And that life is a very random thing and that our good fortune can be whisked away from us. Just like that. So it is, I think, that people have traditionally turned to ritual to help them in some way frame, hold their complex feelings in some way. Something that the poet Frederick Turner calls the beauty we have paid for with our shame. Our Dublin congregation has a ritual every Good Friday. They read the names of every single person who's lost their lives in the so-called troubles. This reading takes over three hours. All human life and death is in this mournful list, says the minister there. It is by all accounts the most powerful experience to take part in. I think demonstrates the value of ritual. A bringing of the sacred, the holy to touch and to contain that which is painful, distressing, shameful about human nature. It can be a coming to terms with that which is. And so it is in that spirit now that I invite you to hear a list of conflicts occurring in our world at this moment. Thank you. We stand. In the rest of you, please sit. In the year 2012, this list includes most, but not all, of the places in our world where there is continuing armed conflict. Colombia. Afghanistan. Somalia. Yemen. Northwest Pakistan. Mexico's drug wars. The Sudan. South Sudan. Syria. Iraq. Libya. Mali. Burma. Israel and Palestine. Korea. Nigeria. Papua New Guinea. The Philippines. The Western Sahara. The Sinai Peninsula.
And indeed, may the Lord deliver us all. Amen. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation and warfare so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and turn their pain to joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do what others claim may not be done. Amen. Go well and blessed be.